Hello and welcome to Curated Spaces, the podcast that explores the stories behind spaces reimagining how we stay, work and play. Join me, Molly Cooper, as I sit down with founders, owners and thought leaders to hear about their journey of bringing a space to life. Great spaces shape our lives. They inspire, nurture and connect us. But most importantly, they bring us together to share life's milestones with the people who mean the most to us. So whether you're a traveller, foodie or design seeker, join us as we celebrate the power of spaces and the brilliant people behind them. I'm in the West Midlands, where tucked away in the leafy village of Hampton and Arden, you'll find Hampton Manor, a 45-acre country estate where food and family come first. Shaped by three generations of the Hill family, they have reimagined what it means to be a country estate and built a creative hub for food and wine enthusiasts. I'm delighted to welcome Fiona Hill, who will be sharing the evolution of this beautiful space, from its interiors to its immersive experiences. Fiona, welcome to Creative Spaces. How are you doing today? I'm well, Riley. Thank you. And it's a bit of a rainy day here, but we're tucked up in one of the lounges in the walled garden suites, looking out over that lovely courtyard garden. Um, and I can't wait to get into the story behind this space, but also the manor itself. I know it's had quite a few evolutions and this is the final one. So we'll probably get, get there <laughs> to the end. I love it. Okay. Well, let's start then with a bit about you. Um, I'd love to hear a bit about your story and how you've ended up here at this beautiful spot. Um, very much by accident, I'd say. Um, so my husband grew up in hospitality, but I was a doctor. Um, so I, um, was peacefully minding my own business, training as a doctor. And, uh, he'd started this as, uh, as a business. So he'd, he'd grown up in hotels and just missed it. So he loved the memories he had as a child of kind of like, they had a kind of country pub with some rooms and they used to, his mum did amazing cooking. His dad was at the bar and at the end of the meal on Sundays, all the staff would get together, they'd have a meal, they'd play cricket. I wish we could do that still today. <laughs> <laughs> Times are much more 24 seven now, aren't they? He really just very felt very nostalgic about it. So he had a very sensible job in the NHS doing management there. And then just his, just kept going back to hospitality so he started looking around for places and he first he thought was going to do kind of something alternative for the conference market so i mean nine to five um but very lifestyle led Mm -hmm. um a bit funkier than your boring box and he happened upon hampton manor Mm -hmm. his father said whatever you do do not do hotels or restaurants <laughs> because they're 24 7 and it comes with all these these extra issues <laughs> but when we found Hampton Manor and we just couldn't not make it yeah something that was much more open um and so we kind of took on this task we were in 26 at the time I was still up in Manchester doing my first doctor's job yeah. and uh he was down here and uh I basically redesigned the whole manor house in my doctor's room, <laughs> like the most mold, yeah, moldy doctor's hall, like university yeah. hall style things. My friends used to come in and I used to have all these fabric samples out everywhere. And they were just thought it was all very novel considering we were in between on calls and all that kind of stuff as well at the same time. 
and then yeah just come down on her weekends it was a complete shell mm-hmm. it used to be um it only been over three families and um it just hadn't really moved moved on with the time yeah. so it actually used to be a care home for autistic um because uh, one of the old the former families had an autistic mm-hmm. son and so they kind of put their hearts into building a community and some of the ladies have actually come back since actually really? uh, which is lovely to see um they'd all be in the community now but back then there was really nothing so they'd kind of created the space for them and um yeah so we had to gut everything basically we kind of lived on a on a mattress on the floor um for six months with uh not not much to around us really um well we kind of stripped it all because uh, it is a big space i mean we walked around it earlier there's this huge central hall with that amazing staircase yeah. and all the bedrooms are just whoppers. There's you know, a yeah. huge super king bed and a full three piece sofa set in there and it doesn't feel cramped at all. Like it's amazing, but it's a big space. And then you said, oh, you'd never done interior design before. And it just seems like such, you know, in at the deep end, baptism of fire. Yeah, um, complete. I mean, it was, in some ways I like, I'm thankful we were 26 because we were just naive yeah. and naive enough to take on a project. I think if someone's done said this to me now, I'd be like, mm. <laughs> I'll think on it. a few people in yeah. But we didn't really have any other choices mm. at that point. Um, we, there wasn't really budget to go out um, to anyone else. I think they got one tier of design in, and uh, she named her fee and it was probably a really, really reasonable fee back then. And uh, <laughs> you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> the daily rate? Oh, we'll get to <laughs> It was kind of, I'd only ever decorated, put some wallpaper up in our first house. And that was about as Did far as some IKEA went. flat pack. And yeah, yeah next stop. Exactly. <laughs> Upton Manor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was a completely brand new yeah. game for us in that sense. Amazing. Okay, well, we'll get into that in a bit more detail. But first, let's just set a little picture about where we are in the world for mm. people who maybe haven't been here. Um, we're so close to Birmingham, but it really feels like you're right in the heart of the countryside, really. These amazing old trees towering mm. up over the over the manor house and this little walled garden and greenhouses sort of scattered about. It's a really magical place. Could you paint a picture of the local area for people listening in? So it's um, very close to Birmingham, so it's about mm. half an hour away. So yeah. it's kind of very closely connected, which is great for the yeah. food scene. And it's really grown a food scene mm. in the area. Um, and then there's, yeah, like there's lots of kind of sleepy villages just outside. Yeah. We're on border onto Warwickshire as well. Mm. Um, the manor house itself has got lots of listed trees as well. Yeah. Um, so it's not just the grounds that protect it, but the trees as well, because they planted such beautiful trees yeah. over the years. And they're really stunning. I arrived here just at sort of golden hour last night and these amazing trees, they are ginormous. Mm. All a bit, bit Victorian horror film-esque, some of them, you know, there's like big old with the scraggly branches, but just so beautiful and the golden lights through them as I was like walking down here. Um, but I'd love to know when you saw this place, did you instantly have a vision or was it a sort of, okay, let's approach this room by room. It's a big project and let's sort of see how it evolves over time. Uh, yeah, very much. So it was, uh, I was supposed to be, didn't really, like I said, we didn't really have a clue. We were 26 just fresh <laughs> out of university, really. <laughs> so like you said, it was, it's this old Victorian, mm. very quite a Gothic building actually. Yeah. 
And when we arrived, it kind of had layers and layers of dark varnish put on top of it, which we had to slowly strip back. Mm -hmm. So it definitely felt much more towards the Gothic end, yeah. um, which it doesn't really now, apart from the lovely kind mm -hmm. of architectural features and things yeah. like that, which remain, but it doesn't feel heavy anymore. No. So, um, yes, it was, I, but like I said, it was like very much an experiment. So we did, we refurbed and then about seven years ago we've had it 15 mm. years we did a fresh refurb again gosh and you were showing me as we walked around you showed me some pictures of the before and it the difference is unbelievable they sort of bright carpets red painted ceilings like yeah. you say that if uh, lino flooring's your style <laughs> <laughs> come on over 15 years ago <laughs> yeah, exactly and but now it's, it's the wood is still there which i love mm. all the paneling but it's much lighter and it's so mm. warm and then all the painting all the ceilings have been stripped back as well just white but incredible cornicing and decorations mm. there and these huge windows looking out over the lawns and all those trees it's just really stunning when you were starting out, what was like your first inspiration? I know there's that little sort of snug bar area that was, yeah. was that your first room to do. Um, I can't remember which the first room was to do was actually. I think I, I don't. I think I normally. I, I my mind tends to work. I open up lots of boxes at the same time. Yeah. So I'd have had all the rooms <laughs> running at the same time. <laughs> um, but I think the first time we kind of went in with this. We were very much guided by the fabric houses, so I'd kind of go mm. in what was on trend at the moment. At the time, I don't know if you remember it, um, but it was lots of deep purples and you couldn't find any green apart from Sartre's kind of that lime yeah, green. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember trying to find like a pea green or a grass green yeah. and I just couldn't find it. <laughs> so we were very dictated yeah. to by, and especially with our quite inferior knowledge at that point <laughs> um of interiors like we were just being guided very much by what was there yeah we got quite a lot of second-hand furniture not second-hand but like mm. we went to like a whole furniture for for contracts and they said yeah. oh we just had all these like this furniture that a hotel never ended up using oh, they over ordered or something like that so we ended up trying to really have to, to work yeah. with because our budgets were low at the time yeah um work with what was there really yeah and then it's kind of seven years later we had the chance we kind of got got on our feet mm. and then we had a chance to actually rethink now we've been there seven years who do we want to become yeah um what what we learned and we were also starting to understand our audience a lot more mm. so it kind of made a complete change at that point but there was that awkward teenage years teenage where you're kind of growing out of your with the pimples yeah. <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> yeah well where, where you go in now and all the manor bedrooms those beautiful like william morris yeah. sort of headboards with the greens that they've got some green filing and the, the blues yeah. beautiful bedspreads in the bathrooms so could you tell us a bit about how you inspired there i feel like it's quite arts and crafts yeah definitely i think i think the, the after after the first look dated mm. within a few years um we really wanted to commit to a sense of place rather yeah. than a trend so oh, I, I i try and avoid trends as much as possible yeah. now because they just they just date within just years yeah so we try and keep it a lot much more eclectic now so it's not pinned to a mm. certain era um but because the buildings like an arts and crafts built during that era mm -hmm. and william morris was 
from the Birmingham, they were grew the Birmingham set around this yeah. area, obviously. So it was a really nice connection to kind of lean yeah. into that history. You've got all the lovely wood carvings along the staircases um, and all the wood panelling, which kind of reflects the arts and crafts era as well. And I think we just found this sense of synergy as well with mm. William Morris in terms of philosophy. So for us, um, getting away um, is like a reset. You kind of want to reconnect. Like life is so busy now. It's so um, stuffed full with things wanting your energy, yeah. uh, digital, it's fast paced. So much of it's about convenience. Mm. Um, and William Morris was really uh, like a positive rebellion away from industrialization of the time. So he can't kind of see where it was going. And he wanted to kind of almost like we always do, we kind of we look to the past to find wisdom, don't we? Mm -hmm. um, and reinterpret it for our age. So he was kind of going back to the medieval times, the whole pre raphaelite movements, um, and slow craft, essentially. Mm. Um, and similarly for us, I think, in that kind of digital age, for us to go back to the slow, the things that are much more face-to-face, hand-to-hand connection, mm. um, it felt like is a gift to yeah. us for our own rest and well-being these days. Mm -hmm. um, so to lean in and get what, what it wasn't just us bringing in William Morris prints, which are always a, uh, a joy to work for now, although I hate it wasn't actually for the font of them at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember thinking, I don't know how to work with these prints because yeah. they're so ornate and busy. Mm. And like, how do you make a room feel cozy and calm still? Yeah, without having a migraine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but hopefully, a, a lot, I mean, a lot of guests comment like, on that kind of layering is works really well now. Um, but it, I, I think, so for us, it's not just about working with William Morris Prince. It was because he was so interested in slow craft. Mm. Um, we've reached out to makers, contemporary makers, um, yeah. in essence, to, who are leaning that way in. So the kind of the table we're sitting at mm. now um, was made by Alex Walshaw. Yeah. And he works with this kind of whittling process. Um, and so he's he hand carved the headboard he slept in last yes. night. Um, and it's been really beautiful to work with some of these craftsmen. Because mm. it makes it, it much so much more relational. Yeah, I really get that. And as you were saying, this like return of William Morris back to medieval ages, back to craftsmen, back to slowing things down. It's funny how that is still so relevant mm. now, like hundreds mm. of years later. And actually these tables you're talking about, they were one of the first things I noticed when I walked into mm. a restaurant area last night. It was that amazing coffee table with these like deep rivets in. It was almost like a sort of riverbed. Yeah. And it had these like wooden balls that mm. you could just sort of toss around on the table. Yeah, that's kind of inspired by the kind of landscape and the terrain. Yeah. So it's like the, the makers there, they kind of, they take hand tools and they and machine tools yeah. and to kind of create that. That sort of riveted effect. And it was just, I thought it was just such a cool, old world feel but in a very modern sort of mm. coffee table approach and mm. just works so well in again this very new sort of sense of design over here in the walled garden 
um, with these sort of clay plastery walls and the terracotta tiles and these amazing black windows. Again, very different to the manor house, but the same sort of craftsmanship, that back to nature, these prints on the cushion again. It all sort of ties together very cleverly um, in sort of, a, you know, another evolution, as you were yeah. saying, there's been yeah, a few. Definitely. So talk me through deciding to build the walled gardens here. What inspired that decision? So we essentially, wine inspired it actually. <laughs> as most good things are. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, um, I suppose it was really, again, it was very relational. So we were getting much more into the food story. So mm -hmm. again, think about it, 26, kind of like loved food, but actually I still remember my first restaurant where I went and they gave us an amuse bouche and I was like, oh, they give me free courses. <laughs> I'm just so excited. <laughs> and when we started this place, you know, we very knew very little about mission starred industry, but you know, 15 years is a long time to eat mm -hmm. and dine and <laughs> to get to know it. So as we kind of grew in the food story, um, we started to really engage much more again with the makers mm. around food and wine particularly. And we had this amazing um, friend and kind of mentor really in Sam Olive from Wine Freedom. Ah, okay. So he's got a, um, a great... Um, business and that's online yeah. um and he had a pop he had a place in Digbeth as well oh, and okay. had a wine bar but he's he's really pioneered the natural wine movement with us mm -hmm. and he we just noticed he talked about wine so differently yeah. to to everyone else um he made it no pontification um he made it real he made it approachable mm. but was also very um interested in the stories behind the wine yeah. and the makers and the whole mm. cycle really so we started um going along with him visiting winemakers um across europe and england and just listening to the passion of the makers and they were always talking about the soil um and again <laughs> a bit like the william morris the kind of that this movement is returning back to the old mm. and realising actually the industrial movement's been a bit of a blip, yeah. but a very short blip on our farming history mm -hmm. in some instances, um, but has completely reshaped it to the extent we've almost forgotten that we've been doing it a different way for yeah. thousands of years, really, in a way that really looks after the soil. Um, so as we got, went on the wine journey, we started to think about the food journey as well. Mm. Um, and at the same time, my sister-in-law, um, she's um, called Dr. Sally Bell and she's got her own podcast and um, she's on the BBC um, often. And um, she talks about, um, she's a wellness doctor. Um, so we're all more doctors than family, but um, <laughs> she, she discovered kind of like, everyone's been talking about food as medicine, haven't they? Mm -hmm. um, and it's really important what food we put into our bodies, but it's not just the food, but how it's been grown. Mm -hmm. So she started exploring the journey one step back than a lot of other other kind of wellness doctors have been doing. Um, and she's become a really advocate for the regenerative farming movement. Um, and so we kind of started connecting with her, um, the wine, and then we started exploring um, for a chef who kind of really captured mm -hmm. that passion for sustainability as well. And now we're here, just outside the original walled garden, which yeah. seems like such an apt place to put this beautiful restaurant there where it's all about going back to growing slowly, mm. organically, eating, growing with the seasons, mm. and these beautiful rooms 
forming sort of part of that dining experience because I know people who come here to grace and savor the restaurants called it's not just to pop in have your food and get out it's a home you can connect with the garden you stay in your room overlooking the chef's table I think we can even see it from here almost mm. and then have your food overlooking the the vegetable beds yeah. as well um I think it's such a brilliant immersive experience as you were saying yeah I think so I think we've always sought to design experiences as opposed to stays mm. um i think when we go away we're always itching to get a little bit behind the scenes yeah. like whenever we go traveling for example well if we get land in a european city we want to get to know it properly so we'll often go to a wine bar mm-hmm. um because the type of people who are, are there are often very passionate and then we ask them where should we go to eat and then yeah. we ask that person where should we go to yeah. eat and we follow a nice little trail because it gets you yeah. a little bit behind the scenes of the guides um and similarly here i think it's kind of when when we go to state places we we kind of have a little vip card because we're industry yeah so it's quite nice when you're industry because you often get to meet the chef you can yeah get to know some of the managers a little mm-hmm. bit more and things like that and get that, all the kind of behind the scenes yeah. stories but most guests don't get that right and so when we created the experience stuff here we were just thinking how do we give that to everyone and yeah. we don't want it to be like just because you're a vip but how does everyone mm. get to be curious um so yeah during lockdown we thought we'd explore it because we were yeah. we were doing something quite different before lockdown and it just gave us an opportunity to do what we really yeah. want to do without mm-hmm. all the sensible sensible yeah. reasons we shouldn't do it <laughs> exactly and the time to yes. stop and take stock yeah. of where you're at and where you want to be and then actually do something about yeah. it when you're not constantly just running and running with the day-to-day it makes makes a lot of sense and now it's such a special place but you also have smoke don't you just the other side of the yeah. um kitchen garden which is a slightly different um experience do you want to tell us a little bit about that so smoke is um, I, I think what we like to try and do is create different moods. Mm. So when it, when you're coming to an estate like ours, rather than do two meals which are quite samey, yeah. um, to create a different reason for being in each space. Mm-hmm. So smoke is very buzzy. Um, it's got this lovely rustic um, richness to it. Yeah. All the old beams and brick floors and brick walls. Um, and it immediately just makes people feel at ease. Yeah. So you get this wonderful kind of hearty version of fine dining, let's mm. say. It's got sharing plates all coming out yeah. as well. Um, you go away stuffed. <laughs> yeah, can confirm. <laughs> can confirm that. Um, and what was your favourite meal last night? Dish last I had night? the pork and I mm. never go for pork, but I was I went for the Iberico Presse mm. or whatever it's called and Oh my god, it was stunning. And the boulanger potatoes that came with it were also just so good with the caramelized onion in the middle. Oh, I was stuffed. I thought I was done. I had my coat on ready to go. And they brought out a little macaron and a, and a truffle. And I was like, oh my god, I'll make them fit, but Stuart is definitely a feeder. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> and I also tried the um Somerset ice. Mm, cider yes, that, or, oh that's gorgeous which was it? like cider meets dessert wine and was the combo i never knew i needed in my life you need it you need it molly <laughs> it was amazing i had to immediately text my friend from somerset who <laughs> was like why do i not Hunt it down. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's such a cool building it was so buzzy very good um soundtrack on by the way yeah um yeah. and yeah in the old furnace building i think you were saying and 
around it all these greenhouses and like vines growing mm. and seats and it was just so buzzy and I think there were like five different birthday parties in there and this one table of maybe like 60 year olds just had this magnum of bubbles on a Wednesday <laughs> night and I was so I love this for you guys. It's all happening in the Midlands on yeah. the Wednesday night. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to move to the Midlands, I found my people. <laughs> But it was fantastic. But like you say, really great food, fine dining-esque, but so easy and approachable. And I also loved the um, the blind menu, mm. the blind tasting menu, um, which basically came out in like this little box for people listening. And you could look at it and see what they would give you, or you could just not look and each course would be a surprise, um, which I thought was just so fun. Do you like surprises? Are you? Yeah, I do. But one thing that stresses me out more than most things is deciding what to choose off a menu. <laughs> so then I had to choose between two menus, which <laughs> but I thought was such a cool. I think if I was with someone else, I would have done it. But I was I was full after just the standard menu. I have to say. <laughs> do you know, it's really interesting because during lockdown, when we started doing these kind of more designed experience yeah. days, that was a really common thing people say is like, they come, they're kind of completely like choice worn. Like they've had to make so many decisions yeah. in their daily weeks and they just loved coming here and say, just like that you have this rhythm that I don't need to make any choices mm. and then you just flow into it and I can dip in, dip out when yeah. I want. Well, yeah, let's talk about that. I know the rhythms and then the rituals as well are another big part of how things sort of work here at Hampton Manor. Mm. And there's little sort of scrolls everywhere saying, this is your bath time ritual, you know, add the salts to the bath, or here's your coffee ritual. So what inspired those little, um, I guess, like nuggets to find around your room? I think it's just that sense that we're not great at knowing how to rest, are we? And we don't always know what we need. Um, And sometimes what we want is not what we need mm-hmm. um so what we want normally is a couch with a bottle of wine netflix right <laughs> <laughs> that's become the western way to relax yeah, literally. <laughs> and actually um i think to really restore yourself it's kind of you need imagination you need mm. to reignite your curiosity again yeah because i think I mean, if you th- if often if you think about when do you feel most at ease it's when your eyes are turned out again mm. and you're able to absorb wonder and gratitude again mm. and so often we go into places and we're kind of like we're trip advisor analysts aren't we yeah is this right is this perfect yeah and there's so many perfect interiors out there yeah. now aren't there? <laughs> we were talking about that before weren't we and um i think the rhythm just gently just allowing people to do something that they might not have planned to do otherwise mm-hmm. um, yeah. but because it's there people think why not yeah so we have like a meet the maker um experience where 11 o'clock after breakfast nice lazy breakfast um max takes you around and he's actually our sommelier he's super yeah super experienced and so on but also loves people so he'll he'll take you around in the morning and meet to meet the different makers around the estate so our chefs our gardeners our baker and and you just get a short bit of time with each of them they might taste something they might Mm. give you something um but again that sense of that backstage pass really because actually often it's the the stories of the people behind places Mm -hmm. that make you remember them isn't it yeah just um, becoming that trip advisor like yeah. I've, I've done that place now. <laughs> yeah exactly and that's something I really love about these chats is you can come and you can even spend a night here yeah and then you sit down and you talk and there's this whole other level 
or like story behind it. Yeah. You just don't get that if you don't talk to people no, who really fill that space. Yeah. Because it, it always develops a bit more sense of fondness, isn't it? When mm. you've actually, and that's actually, that's why nostalgia is so powerful to us, isn't yeah. it? It's like, it's not that it's just it was grandma made a great cake. It was all the feelings and stories around it. And so mm. actually when we travel, the best memories often when we've had like yeah. an interaction with a local or something that's out of the slightly out of predictable mm-hmm. taking you is taking you by surprise or maybe do something you yeah. wouldn't normally do um so i think in that essence it's just giving possibilities creating the possibility mm-hmm. for those conversations definitely and it's such a nice way to root it in the in the area it's in in the community mm. and people get to connect so many times I feel like you go to a hotel and you could literally be anywhere, you know. Yeah. It's the perfect interior, it's plonked on the side of a cliff in Greece, but it could have been Italy or it could have been here or there. Yeah. And the food's the same, especially in England, oh, you know. The same breakfast buffet everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas actually you talk to people and you hear their stories and see their pride in what they're mm. doing. And I think that is so special and really makes you remember a place. Yeah. Um, yeah. That sense of place that you said, I think that's so important. And it's what stays with people. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, like all our breads made by our bacon min and they get to, yeah. to meet her and hear her journey. And it's it's incredible that people commit themselves to food in this day and age mm. because it's such, it's so hard yeah. in the industry, but they have such high passion. Mm. Um, and it's rare to meet those passionate people, isn't it, in yeah. life, actually? Yeah. There's nothing like someone's passion to make mm. you just, you know, you get it. It gets on your skin immediately when someone else lights up about something. That's what I love. And their passions are so different. Like, so, um, like... Stuart, like, is he, his restaurant's reflected in his feelings, like, buzzy, it's kind of like, mm. he's a feeder, it's really hearty, he's big flavours, and then you come down to Grace and Saver, and David is pristine, like, he, yeah. they create this really serene, his wife's Scandi, and you just kind of come into their space, you instantly feel calm mm. and welcomed, and it's like choreography. Yeah. Um, so they're t- completely two different experiences, but make you feel... Yeah so at home in both of them mm-hmm. um and it's that lovely contrast you do one night one night and you do one the next and yeah. it's like having had be like if you're in a city you want to do different exactly. things but yeah. you don't need to leave the estate yeah. <laughs> it's all home one place <laughs> so looking forward then what does the next chapter look like for hampton manor um the next chapter so i think for us at hampton manor it's really enriching that sense of experience mm. so I think we started out um I think when I think after Covid when we started developing these experiences we just got a taste of the rhythm um yeah. that we just want to deepen so um we've got the got the meat maker morning experience and in the afternoons everyone does wine tasting as well and that's mm. always complimentary for anyone who's kind of booked direct with us um and then we're hoping to open a cookery school as well oh. so um we've got Jax who's um she's been one of our bakers she's been a chef in our kitchens mm. um and uh again she was a bit backwards as well in terms of um female working you need different hours and yeah. she, we didn't want to let her go so um we schooled her up so she could have a more nine to five job <laughs> so um that's been great and she's just great with customers so yeah. I, she's done like one of her new workshops she's done a bread and butter workshop mm. and so not just making the bread but also 
churn, hand churn the oh, butter cool. and things like that. Um, and then she's going to develop her series over the course of the year. Amazing. Um, so she's done her first little video as well. Oh, good on Um, and then I think again, I'd love to do these kind of. Um, I always hate the word theme. But kind of like these um, months that take a kind of certain flavour mm. to them, whether it be kind of craft or yeah. um, something seasonal like foraging, mm. um, so that when we're kind of doing our meet the make experiences, they have a little bit of a flavour. So you yeah. come back different times of the year and still have a different experience. Yeah. I think that's so cool. I've been more in tune with the seasons mm. and all the cycles that go on around us. I think it's such a thing at the moment. People are really trying to tap back into that. And I can see, especially a space like this, which must look so different in the different seasons. It would be really special to experience it through a different, you know, a winter lens and a summer lens. Yeah. There's always so much going on in the garden. Mm. And it, it, it like kind of leans so closely into the kitchens. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, the wall garden really is our inspiration for, for specifically Grace and Saver, um, where it's, all kind of we let nature dictate to us rather than dictating to nature um so he's working with regenerative farms all across the country mm -hmm. um and they're kind of 90 percent of their produce are regenerative biodynamic or organic um so they kind of have to be really innovative as well yeah. so they're kind of like um we we're speaking to the gardener earlier they're going to be taking the green tomatoes off they're going to be pickling so, so things you're taking from the garden now um you'll still be eating kind of in january february and just yeah. having to be very innovative in their cooking techniques to enable yeah. that i love it as it should be mm. yeah oh it's been so great to chat before we do go i have a quick round of dream spaces to play with you i'm going to ask you three questions and imagine you've won the lottery cash that checks the money is off no object um just let me know what space comes to mind for you so the first one is where are you running away to to disconnect and detox anywhere without children at the moment <laughs> i love my children i do love my children <laughs> anywhere with a crash <laughs> um see I, as a mum i don't really get time to think about this <laughs> i can't i think i kind of cut it off from my uh yeah. mind of thinking because it's not going to happen for 10 detox. years what detox <laughs> I don't want to tempt myself too much. I think probably somewhere with mountains and lakes mm, and lots of walking. Yes. Um, and views where you can sit and write. And... Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. Here in the UK or abroad? Oh, I like going, I love going to the Lake District. Yeah. But yeah, probably some un, undiscovered or undiscovered by me <laughs> most places. Um, yeah, some undiscovered mountain range in Europe, probably. Gorgeous. That sounds lovely. Are you much of a writer then? Uh, no, I, I would. <laughs> <laughs> but it's therapeutic. <laughs> okay, next one's slightly different. Your ultimate birthday party. Where are you hosting it? In a wood, probably. Ooh. Somewhere in a, yeah, somewhere in a forest, very natural. Mm. Um, Probably like some ramped up children's parties to be honest <laughs> i'm very childish no I love so <laughs> yeah keep that inner child alive yeah. so it'll probably be a mix between um yeah probably a mix between very childlike games and uh engineering or something like that 
I love it. Keep you active. <laughs> and finally, your once in a lifetime bucket list trip. Where are you going? And are you staying anywhere special? Yeah, I don't have much. Uh, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I think I'd probably like to go somewhere in South America. Because it's yeah. the one continent I haven't been to. And again, it would probably be somewhere on a mountain range. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Climbing. Oh, fun. Hiking. An active trip. Yeah, active. I think I think that's the stage of life I'm in with the children. It's like missing the, the big adventures, which yeah. I'm really excited about when they're a bit older. Um, but yeah, having to be practical and safe. Mm. Although my mum tells me I'm not, I'm neither. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm just kidding myself. I am <laughs> exactly. Oh well, that sounds brilliant. I hope you get your various hiking, active holidays, <laughs> and a detox one day. Um, but thank you so much for coming on Truth Spaces. It's been such a pleasure hearing about this magical space. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Curated Spaces podcast. For more information and content around any of the spaces we feature, head to our website or Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to have new episodes delivered straight to your inbox every Wednesday. And if there's a special place in your life that you'd like to hear on the Curated Spaces podcast, please do get in touch as we're always on the lookout for more brilliant spaces to share with the world.